the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I continue my visit with Dr. Dan Merritt, discussing the proper balance between God's love and His justice from a biblical worldview. You can reach out to me to share your thoughts on the broadcast at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plum Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm continuing my visit with Dr. Dan Merritt. Dan is the Director of Missions with Surrey Baptist Association in Western North Carolina. And you can find out more about him and read lots of great writings from him at his website, drdanmerritt.com. Merritt is M-E-R-R-I-T-T, two R's and two T's in that last name, drdanmerritt.com. I'm looking at a column, Divine Wrath and the Love of God, and we're discussing the love and holiness and justice and wrath of God and trying to balance all of these as we should from a biblical perspective here. So welcome back to the broadcast, Dan. Thank you very much. Yeah. Honored to be here. Yeah, great to have you back here. And uh, we kind of broke from uh, the discussion midway through a, a point that we were making here that you make in the article, and it is that uh, the divine wrath of God is uh, displayed or expressed because of his very character and nature and the fact that he actively opposes sin, and he wants us to uh, oppose sin and hate it uh, in our lives and in the lives of others as well. And so we reached a point where I didn't quite have time to have you address this 
from uh, J.I. Packer, who wrote, God's wrath is a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. And from that statement, you say this, the act of wrath of God against evil debunks moral relativism. And so I wanted to have you share. Many of our listeners probably are familiar with that term, uh, moral relativism, but I wanted to have you share what you mean by this. Moral relativism simply means that people live anywhere they want to. Again, going back to the book of Judges, each man doing that which is right in their own eyes. In other words, what's right for me may not be right for you. What's morally right for me may not be morally right for you. Each man doing that which he feels is in his own best interest at that particular moment. So there is no right or wrong. Uh, You determine that for yourself. It's almost like uh, existentialism. I create my own essence. I create my own being, I create my own right and wrong, and that's the way that I'm going to live. But the God of the Bible is clearly a God uh, who is morally pure, and there is a standard of right and wrong, and there can be no love of God if God is not holy, if there is not standards. As you go back into the Old Testament, the gods of the the pagans, uh, their gods let them do anything they wanted to, and they lived any way they pleased. They had no moral standards. But the God of the Bible clearly uh, shows that he is a God who has standards. He is the standard. He doesn't just set the standard. He is the standard himself. And uh, for God not to punish sin, he would have to violate his own character because there is a standard. If, for instance, somebody says, well, that's not fair. Now, here's somebody that believes in moral relativism. They say, well, what just happens not fair? Well, who determines what fair is? Is there a standard of fairness? Is there a standard of right and wrong? If you say something's not fair, then there has to be a standard of fairness by which you judge that by. So moral relativism debunks itself in the sense as soon as you say something is fair, there has to be a standard by which you say something is. And that's true morally, that God has set a moral standard in the scriptures for us to to live by. And life goes a whole lot better when you follow the principles of God. They're not there to, I'll often say it, for instance, a train. When is a train most free? When it's going down through the woods? Uh, or when it's on the track for which it was built. God has built principles into the universe that if we live by them, our lives will be blessed. If we don't, uh, we'll find out the consequences are not to our liking. So, yes, the active wrath of God against evil shows that the moral relativism is not the way to go, that God does react against that which goes against his character and his holiness. Well, something else that we understand from our discussion here and from what the Bible says is that God is actively involved in his creation. There are some who believe and have taught that, you know, he kind of set things in motion and then just took off and he's nowhere around to be involved anymore. That's obviously not true, not accurate according to the Bible, but we see in just what you're sharing here that he is very active in our lives. Very much so. Uh, And he, for instance, I look at Jacob and the life of Jacob in the Old Testament. God had a plan and a purpose for his life. Uh, Jacob decided he won't do his own thing. And God said, well, go for it. And he did that for 20 years. Then he found out, you know, this way doesn't work. Uh, I'm going against God's principles and that which God would have me and which way I should live. And then finally he surrenders to God and he says, I'll not let thee go except by blessing. And from that day forward, Jacob's life was changed forever. It was transformed. Why? He got in step with God instead of doing his own thing and living a life of moral relativism. Uh, He realized that there are certain principles. If you follow, your life will be blessed. If you don't, then you'll find out the consequences, again, are not to your liking. 
Um, that's, again, the character that God has built into the world. Uh, he seeks to, through judging sin, to bring back the holiness to which our lives would be blessed. Now, continuing along here in your column, Divine Wrath and the Love of God, we get to a third point where it looks like we're going to learn a little bit of Greek here. You're right that the divine wrath of God is expressed as the consuming outpouring of God's judgment upon unrepentant sin and sinners during the Great Tribulation. So it's like we're going to learn a little Greek from what I'm reading here, and we're also going to look at Revelation a bit. Well, uh, there are two words in the, in the Bible that are translated wrath. One is orge which is used 36 times in the Bible. And it appears to be the wrath of God suggests a more settled or abiding emotion that is simply a passion against sin, that God is in opposition to all evil because those that don't believe, uh, John three thirty six says, are what? They're under the wrath of God, that, that abiding emotion that is in opposition to sin in a person's life. But when you get into the book of Revelation and, I know there are many different interpretations of that book. It has more of an eschatological meaning, whereas the word, the Greek word, thumos, it speaks more of a burning, a blistering, a boiling over, a fierce anger, a passionate wrath that spills over like a volcano that speaks of God's outpouring of his judgment on uh, unrepentant sin and unrepentant sinners who refuse, uh, in the long run, to accept his grace and his love that's found in Jesus Christ. And it's just, again, simply holiness is. The judgment is uh, holiness's reaction against uh, sin, and it finally comes to a culmination in the in the book of Revelation. Mm, yeah, and I'm just thinking about Revelation, and particularly, I'm going to read one of the verses that you quote here, Revelation sixteen eleven. But when we read and study in Revelation, we see very clearly that God's desire is not to judge and to punish, and this brings that balance that we're talking about of God's love and his wrath into proper perspective, especially in Revelation, because we see over and over again, and I've taught through Revelation a number of times, and I just am always amazed every time I go through it and marvel at how great and how deep God's love is that he continued to give chance after chance after chance, doing one thing after another, trying to lead people to forgiveness, to the relationship with him, and yet this is how they responded. Revelation sixteen eleven. they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. So even in his efforts to inflict, you know, some punishment, uh, some affliction upon them, uh, they still did not turn to him, did they? They did not. And, and what we need to realize is, I believe that when you read the scripture, you read the book of Revelation, you read of God's love and his holiness as well, that God's fierce opposition to sin is actually an act of love. It has redemptive purpose of restoring holiness and moral order in a fallen world. And if when we see it that way, we see that God's judgment is redemptive. It's redemptive seeking to return man to where he should be, and that is in a relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. And of course, there's just this huge overarching question over all of this that we hear people ask, and it's probably about the most common question of all. It's usually formed or phrased in a way like, how can a loving God cause or allow whichever word they use such terrible evil and horrible things to happen? And that's, I guess, the answer to that is part of our discussion falls into this balance of, of love and justice and holiness, right? Correct, correct. I agree. 
explain with us a little bit about how that does. And I guess I'm kind of looking at this one part where you make a statement here, judgments that occur from the inevitable process of cause and effect in a moral universe as the consequences of sin are only a foretaste of events more horrific to come. And so what I mean by that or say by that is a lot of what happens in this world is just simply the consequences of our sin. Very much so. To me, it doesn't take long to learn that if you do something wrong, there are certain consequences that come from certain behavior. And we seemingly are trying to change that. We are trying to say, I can do as I please and there not be consequences from it. I've always said over and over again, the Supreme Court can legalize any type of immoral behavior it wants to, but it can never uh, vote away the consequences that comes from that behavior. There's still consequences to it. And that's what gets people, well, we're not, uh, we're doing as we please. Why are the consequences to it? Because God is a moral God. God is a holy God. And therefore, if you go against his character, you go against his principles, you go against what he has set in order in a moral world, then there are going to be consequences, again, that are not to our liking. And we can't change that. That It can't be changed at all. It never will be which again shows us that God is is a moral God and a holy God who detests sin in our life and wants us to follow him that we might know his best. Uh, But we seem to have forgotten that in our day and time. Uh, His love doesn't mean I can get away with anything that I want to. Uh, His redemptive love, again, seeks to transform our hearts that we will conform to, to his holiness where we find the best for our life. Mm, yeah. Well, and uh, yet so many want to blame God for what are just really the results and the consequence of sin and, and the fall, the fact that we have broken God's law. We have sinned against him. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and none does good, the scriptures tell us. Uh, all have sinned. And so that's just the reality, the consequences that come as a result. We can't blame God for that. Well, I was going to say we live in a fallen world, and I think we sometimes forget that. Sometimes we believe in the uh, historicity of the fall, but we don't believe in the practicality of the fall, of of its unfolding, that uh, a lot of things that happen in life is simply the result of living in a fallen and broken world and a sinful world. Therefore, God, through Jesus Christ, seeks to come into our life to help do away with the sin in our life that we might be able to follow him in a holy way. Therefore, he can bless our life better, uh, obviously, than uh, when we're following sin. So uh, you're right. We seem to forget we live in a broken and a fallen world. Yeah, thank you for interjecting that. And that will lead very nicely into the fourth point that I'm going to bring up here in just a moment after we take this break. And so stay with me on the plumb line. I do encourage you to support the businesses that you'll hear during this uh, break because they make it possible for the show to be on the radio in your area. Uh, The airtime is paid for by those businesses that you hear. And so uh, please express uh, to them that you appreciate that. And if you can utilize their services in any way, definitely do business with them and say uh, thanks for sponsoring the plumb line. Thanks as well to my national sponsor, Reasons for Hope. And they have uh, made it possible for the Plum Line to continue to expand around the country as well. You can reach out to me, share any thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll be right back. 
Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. When it comes to education for your student, Northwest Christian School believes that trusted truth transforms. With that in mind, they developed their fully online Christian school, NCS Online, for your kindergarten through ninth grade student. NCS Online curriculum has been developed in-house by experienced Christian educators and is infused with a biblical worldview. NCS Online provides a rigorous, affordable, customizable online education in an established Christian community and culture. Visit ncsonline.org to learn more or contact their admissions team at 602-978-5134. Thanks for joining me today for The Plumb Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I've really been enjoying visiting with Dr. Dan Merritt, Director of Missions of Surrey Baptist Association in Western North Carolina, talking specifically about his column, Divine Wrath and the Love of God, this balance of the love and wrath and justice and holiness of God. All those attributes need to be balanced properly from a biblical perspective. And that's what we're seeking to explain and discuss here on the show. And there are four different points made in the article here, and they're dealing with the expression of God's divine wrath. And the fourth of those is that that expression comes forth in Christ's great work on the cross. I guess we could say that that's the solution to this divine wrath of God is what Christ did on the cross, huh? Amen. I think at the cross of Jesus Christ, we see God providing for humanity a remedy for our sin, yet at the same time, uh, holiness is judgment upon sin. And as as it grew dark there at the noonday and the skies grew dark, I think that's a picture of our sin, of the darkness of our sin. But yet in Jesus Christ, as he hung upon the cross, he said, it is finished. In other words, uh, that which God desires of us has been satisfied in Jesus Christ, that I can't live that holy life that God demands of me. I can't present to him that perfect, like holiness that he demands. But in Jesus Christ, who is my substitute and my representative, he did that for me. It is finished, uh, which uh, is in a perfect tense, which means that which was done in the past is, has ongoing effects even until this very moment. What was finished was not his life, but what was finished was the the act of redemption in Jesus Christ, that it is finished. The the price has been paid. Christ has given to us uh, that which we uh, can only find in him, that sin's judgment has come. And if I ever doubt the love of God, all I got to do is look to the cross of Jesus Christ, because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and that he took upon himself my sins. And I say repeatedly and repeatedly, God's love not only provided the sacrifice, in Jesus Christ, our God was the sacrifice. He gave himself. He was the only one that could meet that demand. We couldn't do it. So how could we ever question God's love as he and Jesus Christ did for us 
what we could never do for ourselves. Mm, yeah, amen. And you were quoting there from Second Corinthians five nineteen about in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And then the end of that verse says, "And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation." You talk about amazing. Not only did He reconcile us to Himself, but then He gave us the responsibility and the wonderful blessing and privilege of doing what you and I are doing right now, sharing that message of reconciliation, huh? Amen. You know, at the cross, we see the horror of sin as Christ hung there. And again, we see holiness's judgment against sin. But at the same time, we see those outstretched arms of Christ on the cross, his love beckoning us to come unto him, whereby we can find pardon and forgiveness of our sins. Now, that is some good news in a day when there is not much good news. Christ is the good news. Yeah, amen. I like how you sum up your column here and make a statement that says, let us not reject but affirm the doctrine of God's wrath, for if we do not, we strip God's love of its biblical balance and force. In other words, just as we've been talking about during the course of these uh, two shows together here, the point is that if we think we can just focus on the love and throw out the justice and the holiness part, it's not just harming uh, ourselves here, but it's really harming how we view God too, and it's it's well, it's I guess the point is it's harming both. It's harming how we view God. It's harming ourselves and thinking wrongly. Really, that balance is really really important. Very much so, and I think when a person grasps the holiness of God, they realize they deserve judgment. They deserve the justice of God, and then they turn around and say, "Is there a remedy?" Uh, as Job said, "How can a man be just with God?" Well, look to the cross. Look to the cross of Jesus Christ, and there uh, love and holiness met at the cross. And that holy love of God was manifested for all the world to see. And when a person sees that and they grasp that, they'll say, oh, what a wonderful Savior I have. Yeah, amen. And it's kind of interesting, too, because sometimes we think that God's um, glorified by or displays, uh, you know, his um, character and things through his love. But we also see in the scriptures talk about this in Romans chapter 9 as well, that his power, his character, his even his love is really displayed through his wrath and through his justice. That displays his goodness and his mercy even through his justice, right? Exactly. Again, God's judgment seeks to restore the holiness which God desires us to uh, have that was in the Garden of Eden, that that was the atmosphere in which they dwelt. And God, through his judgment, is actually showing his love and seeking to eradicate sin, whereby we can have once again that unbroken relationship with our Savior. So in judgment, God is showing his love. Because, again, sin destroys, so he's seeking to do away with it so we can have fellowship with him. What greater love can uh, someone uh, give than that, than to show us the right way to live? Mm, Exactly. And I had to quickly flip to the passages in Romans 9 that I was thinking of but couldn't come up with the exact quote here, but in Romans 9, 22 and 23, it says, What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy whom he prepared in advance for glory? And there are other parts in Romans 9, too, that kind of deal with this discussion. In fact, the whole chapter really is kind of about just what we're talking about today. And I guess maybe that brings me to a final thought or summary story 
statement here as we have just a couple minutes left from you. As we go away from this, this overarching huge discussion that we've had about God's love, his justice, his holiness, his divine wrath, all these attributes that need to be balanced together, what do you want people to to leave with this first and foremost? That we have a wonderful Savior. Uh, In Jesus Christ, he was more than a mere man. He was more than a great teacher. He was more than a a philosopher. While he was truly a great man, while he truly was a great teacher, while he was truly one of the great philosophers of the world who ever lived, he was much more than that. That Jesus Christ was God incarnate, who had come to this world, took on flesh in Jesus Christ, and who dwelt in this world to show us how we should live, and then to show us that he could live that holy life we couldn't live, and he did it as our representative. He did it as our substitute. Then he went to the cross and died for our sin, making provision for us to be able to have our sins forgiven. So in Jesus Christ, we see that double-sided coin. He fulfilled the holiness of God, and then he took the punishment that we deservingly should have, but he did it in our place. And, uh, When you see that, when you grasp that, uh, it will revolutionize and change your life. It did mine 52 years ago, uh, and it still changed my life today. Uh, It's kind of like John said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. I can think of nothing greater than that. Mm, That is a beautiful way to sum this up. Thank you so much. Dr. Dan Merritt, my guest, thanks for being with me. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And so as you think about that, if you're one who maybe doesn't have that relationship with Jesus Christ and have been listening to us discuss this, I want to give you my email address again because there's nothing more important than that decision that you make. What are you going to do about Jesus Christ and what he has done for you? You've heard the gospel a number of times during the course of this broadcast, and today can be the day of salvation for you. If you don't know Christ... You want to know more here, or you want to just reach out to me and tell me that you have received Christ as a result of our sharing here and the Holy Spirit working in your heart, reach out to me at theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I do want to hear from you about anything at all. Please share your thoughts and comments about the broadcast. Theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plumline. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.